0: This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Protocol for Life Balance, offering a wide range of professional-grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research. Among them, several stand out, which can help keep your blood vessels healthy and your circulatory system working properly, including Protocol's unique soy-free form of vitamin K2 that has been shown to promote healthy vascular structures, and D3, which helps maintain healthy blood levels of calcium. They're available in several forms and dosages, including a new combined formulation, which harnesses the synergistic effects of both K2 and D3. They're backed by solid scientific data, and available now at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. That's drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Our guest is Dr. Rushi Gupta. She's an expert on the subject of food allergy. She conducts uh, research on that subject. Uh, She's a professor of pediatrics and medicine at Northwestern University, Feinberg School of Medicine. And uh, she is also the chief medical officer for public health for FAIR, Food Allergy Research and Education. So um, she knows whereof she speaks now, uh, Dr. Gupta, uh, I'm not done with you because um, got some uh, interesting areas to probe. Food allergy tests—you know, there even uh, home self-test kits based on saliva, yeah. even on hair. And in fact, uh, <laughs> I was casually walked, watching Shark Tank, which is you know not you know a steady, I'm um, not a steady diet of that, but I find it amusing sometimes to watch. And uh, yes. there was uh, a an outfit called uh, Everly Well that got a million dollar advance on Shark Tank uh, for home allergy tests. Uh, Influencers on Instagram are using these tests. Uh, There's one uh, that boasts, quote, 80 common food and drink triggers for just $127. And you can test yourself. You can test your whole family, cost a little more. You can get a package deal. And that's by finger stick, home finger stick. Others are offered based on hair. And then they have a computerized elimination diet that they send you based on their findings. So what say you?
1: Oh, my goodness. Ah, What say me? Um, I say go see your doctor. I, uh, I think there's a lot out there because, like I said, what we found was one in five adults are avoiding a food. A national survey in the United States, uh, one in five adults are avoiding a food thinking they have a food allergy. When we looked at the symptoms uh, that they are reporting, we cleaned it up and uh, about one in 10 seemed to have convincing symptoms of mm-hmm. a food allergy. So 5% you know, have something else or 10% have something else. And then when we looked at how many were getting a physician diagnosis, it was one in 20. So very few people, most adults, and I'm, there's no, again, guilt or blame because, you know, adults, we take a lot better care of our kids than we do of ourselves. And if we eat a food and have a negative reaction, typically we just avoid the food. And or do one of these self-tests but don't actually go in to see an allergist to really understand what's going on. And um, I, can't, I can't advocate for that enough because when you talk about over-the-counter tests, even the tests that we have, you know, in clinic right now are not ideal. So they are great for, now I'm going to talk about two tests. One are, and these are both by your physician, um, they, one is called the specific IgE. It's a blood test. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is looking for like peanut IgE in your blood. Now, if that is negative, then there is a high probability. The negative predictive probability is high that you do not have that food allergy. Now, if it is positive, then it's not great. It's kind of like a flip of a coin. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important. The same with the skin prick test, you know, where they um, prick you with Mm -hmm. small amounts of the uh, food protein to see if you develop a wheel which you know, has been the mainstay
0: of uh, of allergists for yep. so many decades, you know people would go for yeah. days and hours of skin testing,
1: yes, and so that tells you my my daughter just had it this past week with her allergist, um, so we've just experienced it and and based on the size of that wheel, uh, they determine whether you may have a true food allergy now that if it's a negative test, then it 's highly likely you don 't, mm-hmm. but if it 's a positive test we don 't know yep. and so this is the problem with the over the counter tests. How accurate are they and how if you 're eating a food in your diet and it tells you you have an issue with it and you take it out of your diet, mm-hmm. then how is that beneficial for you so the mainstay for diagnosis is really your your history, so when you eat a particular food what symptoms do you have do you have hives do you have vomiting do you just have gi cramps you know not just but those are terrible Mm -hmm. but is that your main make it
0: replicable because some people say well you know i ate a tuna fish sandwich and i got sick from it i'm going to stay away from fish for the rest of my life that's just you know anecdotal that's not you know true science
1: exactly that's right because it could be food poisoning there could have been Mm -hmm. something mixed in it right or so what re- replicating the symptoms and having you know very clear idea of what symptoms you had um and when it occurred did it occur immediately did it occur the next day all of these are very very important clues to what may be going on in your body then going in based on that specific food not a panel of like 10 foods or 50 foods like the over the counter ones but the specific foods you're having issues with Take those and test those specifically. And then based on the tests and your history, you can make a diagnosis. If it's still unclear, the best test is a very simple one. It's called an oral food challenge. Mm -hmm. And it is exactly what it says it is. You sit in a room and you eat the food. In the doctor's in the doctor's office. Yeah. Because if if it's anaphylaxis, you want to (laughs) I mean
0: it's Yeah. Right.
1: Exactly, and then you see if you have a reaction, Mm -hmm. and if you do, you know, the doctor is there with meds ready Mm -hmm. to go Mm -hmm. and if you don't, then you don't have that food allergy. So, I I highly, highly encourage people who have anything that happens when they eat a food to see an allergist and Mm -hmm. get a very clear diagnosis and not not rely on on these over-the-counter,
0: like a test. Um, what about the possibility yeah, because, that uh, hair could a hair analysis could shed light on uh, allergies? Is that at all medically, scientifically plausible?
1: Boy, uh, <laughs> I mean, my answer is no. But you know, I always know that there's always a little gray, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I, I would say avoid all of those. There are better tests coming out. There's epitope mapping tests. There are things that are coming out you know through the proper mechanisms and research mm-hmm. that will hopefully be much more reliable in the coming years so we will have better tests but for now trust your allergist go and see him if you don't feel good go see another yeah. one but but get proper testing from a physician because you know what bothers me the most is there's so many people avoiding so many foods that they enjoy they become food phobic they become food phobic yes. in effect. yeah yeah and it's so difficult to avoid some of these foods that are so common in your diet. Mm-hmm. So I the biggest thing is I don't want anyone taking food out of their diet without a true confirmation. Mm-hmm. So, what yeah. about the, I live with that, so we avoid foods.
0: And what yeah. about uh, IgG as a measure of food intolerance or IgG subclass 4? That has been touted as uh, a pretty good way of picking up so-called hidden food allergies, the non-IgE-mediated food intolerances.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good question. I mean, I think in the medical community, it's not, still not well regarded. IgG has a role. It definitely does, but truly understanding, you know, what uh what its measurement is telling you, I I don't know how much, you know, true published scientific research <laughs> is um supporting that. And, you know, I I don't want to, you know, completely negate it because I have heard um you know the work around it but i haven't i haven 't done a ton of research around okay. you know what is out there, but I will say the i g e mediated food allergies you can only get by testing and looking for i g e or doing that skin prick test or that oral food challenge, and that is the absolute best way with your allergist to get a true diagnosis so yeah i you know i've seen I've had so many people come in who have done those tests and are avoiding. 10 foods in their diet and it really breaks my heart because a lot of times they say, oh, they were eating those foods just fine, you know, Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. as you know and I know, like there's a big placebo effect, right? If you tell someone this is going to make them feel better, there's a high probability it probably will. Mm -hmm. So um, just to keep that in mind that the placebo effect could be causing that and they may not need to take those foods out of their diet.
0: When it comes to allergy, there's a new kid on the block beef pork and lamb allergy that's weird because those oh, foods are generally yeah. very well tolerated but all of a sudden something new
1: yes yes this is really interesting um, call it alpha gal yep uh and it is a uh tick-borne condition so um you do see it uh in the u.s in the um Southwest, um, Midwest, you know, tick regions, you, you do see people developing these very strong reactions to meat. Uh, and it is, it is something very unique. And, and there is a couple of researchers in the country who are experts at it and, and really investigating it. But it is through a, a tick-borne uh, condition called Alcigal, and so if you do have those symptoms, then you definitely need to get to your <laughs> allergist no. to truly, to truly diagnose that, but I know that is a, that's a difficult one, because people were eating it just fine, and then all of a sudden have this severe reaction. What you know, what type of reaction, because it's
0: me. not just a repugnance, you know, some people say, Ugh, you know, uh, I I ate too much, you know, and I feel, you know, bloated or something. Uh, it It's pretty distinct, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, you can have significant reactions, um, similar almost to anaphylaxis. I mean, very severe reactions, like flushing and
0: uh, you know vomiting and all. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So very. The idea is they're sensitive.
0: Why they're sensitive to different uh, species of animals is that it's a reaction to a protein found in mammalian meat, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Very good. Yeah. So 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 technically <laughs>
0: probably, technically you couldn't be a cannibal because that's mammalian meat, right? It doesn't, you know. <laughs> but the most common mammalian meats we eat are uh, beef, pork, and lamb.
1: Exactly. But not not it. chicken and, then and while not fish. You're on this, right. Right. That's exactly right. Um, although I do want to say, as you mentioned, fish—the number one food allergy in adults is shellfish, and uh, hmm. in kids, it's. I think third, but in adults, shellfish is way above all others yeah. it 's um, almost double the next to milk and egg I mean milk and peanut and What I want to mention about that is that in adults when we looked at adults, almost fifty percent of adults with a convincing food allergy said they developed it as an adult, and that mm-hmm. was a big number for us because you know thought of it when you were talking about you know meat allergy but Food allergies in adults, and many adults are reporting developing a brand new food allergies in an adult. And the number one that they are reporting is shellfish. So mm-hmm. they could eat it and they enjoyed it. And I've had so many people tell me how much they enjoyed shellfish and it's so hard to avoid. And sometimes we'll try just a little. And it's it's fascinating to me because there is something going on, like when we talk about the environment, in adults. And so in our survey, we actually asked them a couple questions around Okay, when you develop this adult-onset food allergy, what happened? And some of our theories around adults are, you know, potentially, um, did they get a virus or, or have an infection that may have influenced their immune system during that time and triggered it? Did they, you know, we've seen it in hormonal changes. We see women... Who are pregnant or go through menopause developing new allergies. Hmm. So was there something around that? Did they change their environment? Coming back to your piece about what's the environmental influence, you know, we, we did talk about that as well. Like, was there an environmental change in your life that caused it? So we're, we're still looking into um, the results of that, but adult onset food allergies getting much more common and something about shellfish that we're, we're trying to better understand.
0: Okay, folks, at this point, let's pause and allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share this vital message with you. In these unprecedented times, we need effective immune support. That's why I'm excited to introduce two formulas that work, CV Defense and CV Acute. There's nothing quite like them. CV Defense is a daily preventative The only supplement that delivers the six most important ingredients to optimize your immune function, including PEA, a critical molecule for long-term immunity at the cellular level. CV Acute is a fast-acting, great-tasting syrup for direct immune activation. It eliminates invaders with the fruit, flower, and root of patented Chinese medicine. I take it when I feel run down to fend off respiratory infections. Both products are safe, all-natural, and backed by numerous clinical trials. For more information and to order go to totalimmunehealth.com and take advantage of discounts from 30 to 50% just for listening to Intelligent Medicine that's totalimmunehealth.com totalimmunehealth.com for the most exciting immune support products in years Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors they're what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you and now back to today's guest Dr. Ruchi Gupta A lot of my patients uh, who are allergic to shellfish believe that they should avoid all fish, uh, and even to the extent of avoiding uh, taking fish oil pills, which are beneficial. Uh, Is it, does uh, shellfish allergy usually cross react with fish allergy? Is it, uh, or is it, are they separate and distinct?
1: Yeah, so this is, this is very important. So shellfish and finfish are usually distinct. Mm-hmm. You can have both, but you don't have to. Okay. So, um, if you are allergic to shellfish, many people are just allergic to shellfish and can eat finfish just fine and have no issues with it. So this is again one of those, uh, points of, you know, get it diagnosed, test for finfish. If you're okay with finfish and can eat it, Keep it in your diet. You know, mm-hmm. one of the big things that we don't know the answer to is if you have what we call a sensitivity to it, so you have a positive test, but you're eating the food in your diet. We see this a lot, right? Yeah. So you'll be you'll be positive, you'll have an IgE value that's positive, but you're eating it every day. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens if you take the food out of your diet? You know, mm-hmm. are you more likely? Will you be triggered it easier, yeah. you know, to develop it? We don't know that. But what could it, do could know it come back with a vengeance,
0: you, in other words? You know, yeah. Yeah, so, right. Uh,
1: so the best thing is just to keep it in your diet. You know, if you're eating something and not having any issues, keep eating it, and especially if you enjoy it, you know? But the minute you start having issues, take it out. But don't take it out because there was a test that was mm-hmm, positive. Okay. Um, I think that's one of the key messages, if I had any. So know, the, te- the tests
0: are useful guideposts, but they're not gospel and uh, they're merely yeah. a tool in the hands of the, the clinician to advise the patient. Uh, so right. the, the direct to consumer thing with these tests uh, may not be so great because it uh, you know yeah. it eliminates uh, the intercession of an experienced uh, uh, allergy expert. Um, Soy exactly. allergy is another one that a lot of people claim. And, you know, soy is a problematic food because it's hard for some people to digest. Some people are concerned about the hormonal effects of soy. Some people are concerned about right. uh, that a lot of soy is GMO, so they don't want to eat it because it has uh, exactly. you know, glyphosate in it. But is, is soy yeah. allergy per se uh, pretty common or, or relatively uncommon?
1: So soy allergy is one of the top nine allergens. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe it's number eight. It's it's the lowest. Mm -hmm. Um, So it isn't that common. Um, But it is, you know, in the top nine right before sesame. So I wouldn't avoid it. It, So if you eat soy and you have, you know, GI issues, that's something different. But you can have a true IgE-mediated soy allergy, which Mm -hmm. can cause those symptoms that we discussed, you know, the organ system, skin, hives. You know, I, I just want to keep repeating this because I, I think it's so important to know what the symptoms are for food allergy. So skin is one of the most common developing hives or rash or itching or swelling. Um, you often get tightening in your throat and then you go into the respiratory and you can have trouble breathing or wheezing, um, especially if you have uncontrolled asthma. You can get uh, asthma symptoms mm. as well. You can get gi is very common so the vomiting but that's also common with intolerances and then cardiovascular you know a drop in blood pressure Mm -hmm. um can happen pretty rapidly like a shock like -like
0: syndrome in effect yeah
1: Yeah. getting dizzy and yeah exactly that's right and that's where often you can um deteriorate pretty quickly and and you know food allergy symptoms come on pretty rapidly Mm -hmm. it's not after a day or usually, you know, a longer period of time, they usually come on within that first hour of ingesting the food. So
0: that would be like in another distinction really to celiac to disease, like a celiac person, yeah. you know, if they ingest inadvertently, you know, a little bit of wheat, they're not going to have an immediate violent reaction, but that gradually, gradually, you know, they're, they're going to, if they uh, eat a little bit here and there, they're going to have GI symptoms, they're going to all the other symptoms associated with it. But that's a slow building phenomenon as opposed to a that's- true food allergy.
1: That's right. And that's what makes celiac so challenging and often so challenging to diagnose because you're not having these rapid effects. You know, you see a lot of kids who, you know, get that stomach pain and irritation and, um, but then they have growth delays. And I think that's important Mm -hmm. to note. So a lot of children, um, because you're not digesting, you know, that food, uh, and you end up having delayed growth. So that is often something that um, parents come in with their children and then we realize they have celiac. So celiac is another important one to keep in mind um, because like you said, the symptoms are not as noticeable Mm -hmm. immediately. That's that's a
0: whole different ball of wax we could do an entire program on that. So what's in the pipeline now for uh, treatment of allergies? You mentioned uh, new techniques of oral tolerization. Don't necessarily try this at home. Do it under, you know, careful supervision. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, you know, are there any breakthrough immunotherapies, uh, you know, allergy blocking therapies, uh, therapies that can make uh, allergies vanish?
1: Yeah, (laughs) I I wish. I wish we could make them vanish. Hopefully soon. but. Um, yes, so it is a very exciting time in this field um, from treatment standpoint because we do now have our first FDA-approved treatment, which is uh, oral immunotherapy for peanuts specifically. So it is introducing small amounts and, and building up to uh, being able to tolerate a certain amount of peanut. Now, similar treatments, oral immunotherapies, are being developed for the other top allergens and are very close. The other couple things uh, are there is a um, epicutaneous immunotherapy. So uh, it's it's like a patch, patch on your skin. Yeah, that you will get the protein through that, through your skin, mm. and that will allow you to slowly build up tolerance to that food. So that's being developed. I think that is... Um, getting close to approval. There are uh, clinical studies continuously going on, but that's being developed for peanut. And it, then, of course, you know, there's milk and egg and some of the other other common foods that uh, both oral immunotherapy and, you know, this epicutaneous immunotherapy are um, are focusing on. Um, Other ones that are being researched are sublingual immunotherapy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, same idea, you know, protein, but sublingual under your tongue. Um, But then there's a whole new category of biologics, like you said, that Mm -hmm. block certain immune, yeah, yeah, that are being studied in clinical trials right now. So that is really exciting because now these would be biologics where now you have you know, a shot that you get, kind of like, you know, what people are used to with allergy shots, but this one you would get um, on a regular basis. uh, That would, again, build up tolerance and potentially to multiple foods, maybe not just to one food at a time. So those are currently being um, investigated in clinical trials. So I really think in the next, and then there's there's um investigators looking at vaccines for mm. food allergy. so they're they're the whole gamut, and i'm it's very exciting for me because, as I said, I've been in this field for sixteen years, and now you're just seeing this rapid growth of um, industry participating and getting involved in creating just really innovative treatments for food allergy. So I think in the next five to ten years, um, people are going to have choices on how to treat their food allergies. And then on the other end, as we talked about, you know, prevention, you know, potentially being able to prevent food allergies mm-hmm. from Early ever in developing. Life. Yeah. So yeah, so I want to retire from this field <laughs>
0: <laughs> with, a couple with allergies of years, vanquished. Hopefully. Right.
1: Vanquished. Yeah. Vanished, like you said. Yeah. Right. That would be amazing.
0: Right. Put you out of business. Uh, And one final note is, and this is not so much about food allergies, about uh, allergies, environmental allergies, you know, pollen, dust, uh, you know, and and so on. Uh, It's been suggested that there's a relationship between allergies and COVID susceptibility. So, you know, people Mm. this time of year, they're they're, they're coughing, they're sniffling, uh, they're rubbing their eyes, they're miserable. Uh, they're wondering, you know, do I have COVID or, you know, is it just a bad spring allergy season?
1: Yeah, <laughs> only one way to find out. <laughs> so, yeah. um, get tested. But I want to just put that out there because there was a lot of fear early on in COVID and I feel like it's gone away. But just in case, you know, that if you have food allergies or you have asthma, are you more susceptible yep. to to getting COVID, and and that has not been found to be the case, or, or the know, vaccine? Part of a large,
0: what about people who yeah, have, food or or allergies? You know, yep. Like they have an EpiPen at home, and they're thinking, "Oh my God, I'm going to get the, the, uh, the COVID shot, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go into uh, a wheezing, and a you know, throat testing. closing yep. episode."
1: Yep. Yes. That's and, not you been know, demonstrated. Was, uh, no. No. So there, you know, there were some cases of that early on can to remember which one, um, which. It was allergies to the
0: vehicle, the pro, the, called propylene glycol or something like that in yes. some of the shots?
1: Yeah. See, you know this better than I do. Oh, Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> but what I will tell you, which we were able to do with the NIH, um, a large trial looking at allergic kids, kids with asthma or food allergies, you know, there, there is not a higher risk of severe disease, you know, with COVID-19. And I think that's really important. And then there is some talk that having um, food allergy could be protective, Mm. uh, which is also being investigated. But you may have a more robust immune response,
0: like a stronger immune response. Yeah, that's possible too, right?
1: Yeah. So, but what I do want to put people's mind at ease is, is they will not, you know, contract a more severe disease, especially the kids with asthma um, there was a lot of fear there mm-hmm, because yeah. it is respiratory you, have bad lungs you know but right. yeah. yes but we haven't seen that so and yeah so get your vaccine it's so important you know and 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 yeah we I'm all for moving on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and getting back to life as usual now that schools are starting to open up and and people are starting to move around and um see each other a little bit more but definitely keep doing it safely and yeah so we don't see the same same thing happened with another spike. So, great. But, yes, exciting future on all fronts for food allergy and hopefully for our lives going back to normal.
0: Indeed. Okay, well, it's really been great. And uh, let's point out uh, some resources uh, before we go. Uh, where can people learn more about food allergy? Do you have a website or does FAIR Food Allergy Research and Education yes. have a website?
1: Yes. I think theirs is foodallergy. org. Uh, they for all the prevention stuff, they have one called babiesfirst.org, org, uh, where you can get a lot of information as if you are a new parent um, of an infant. And then ours is you know at Northwestern, it's CFAAR. Uh, Northwestern. edu, and you know we have we have great. Um, videos and resources, especially if you have a child with food allergy and need some resources for your school. Um, we have a lot of those on our website. And then, you know, feel free to contact us for anything you may need.
0: Okay, that's uh, CFAAR, Center for Food Allergy and Asthma Research at Northwestern University. If you put in those uh, that data, you probably get to the website pretty easily.
1: Yep, uh, yeah. Thank you. Northwestern.edu. thank you yep. very
0: much Dr. Richie Gupta really appreciate it uh, keep up the great work
1: thank you yeah I know it was my pleasure um, I hope it was helpful but it was great to talk to you and yeah get get to an allergist get tested figure out what you have don't avoid foods unnecessarily Indeed. and yes thank you so much
0: good message I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant, and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. That's drhoffmanstore.com, drhoffmanstore.com.